Hello, hello, it's great to see you and welcome back to another installment of Go Beyond Numbers. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. Of course, we've got Tony Rose, star of the show, joining us momentarily. He'll be with us. Uh, but look, first and foremost, I want to kind of set the scene as to what you can expect on today's episode. As you know, Tony and I have had some great conversations in the past going through, you know, the different words of power or words of meeting. We've talked about the various capitals that Tony, you know, lives his life by and runs his business by. Today, we've got a little bit of a different conversation lined up for you today. It's an interesting one. We're, we're really addressing this question of what is your accountant for, really? You know, you have an accountant. That's great, right? But how do you actually use your accountant? You know, in the social contract that we typically draw up between us and our accountants, there, you know, it's what do you ask of them and what do they have the right to ask of you? So we're going to get into what this this position of an accountant really should be for and how you can navigate this this relationship to really maximize the the true value of the position uh, in them, you know, being your accountant in the first place. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Tony on board to get today's conversation going. Tony, how are you doing today? Good to see you. I'm doing very well, Ryan. How are you? I cannot complain. It's a it's a sunny day here. We're uh, we're looking forward to today's conversation. Um, so Tony, I think to get us started, uh, you know, I, I a good place to give us, you know, have you give us a high level overview on this question: What is your accountant for, really? What is your accountant supposed to do? Let's start there. And that's such a great question. I I think that people hire people like me to help them get their tax returns done, but then they don't go any farther in trying to understand what that relationship should be or is. And oftentimes I find that clients will come to me saying that, well, my client doesn't pay attention to me. My client doesn't do tax planning. My client doesn't think about my business. My client doesn't think about my family. And then I often ask that question, which is, well, did you ask them? Are you paying them to do that? What are you paying them for? The relationship that anyone has with their professional is that social contract at the beginning of what we've been talking about. It's a contract between two people where you're asking for something and they're offering to give it to you. But too many times we say, get something done, but we don't think about the nature of what it is that we're asking for and what successful engagement between the two parties in that contract is. So I'm going to start off by saying your accountant should do for you what you want them to do for you. This is really important, Ryan. What's really important about it is that you can go to a tax preparation service and get a tax return done. But my question is, have you thought about what done really means? And that's what I'll start off with. Mm -hmm. What do you think done is, Ryan? I would say, you know, done, it's beyond just that service that you had mentioned, that somebody could go to a, you know, a, a, an H&R block, if you will, a wholesale provider and, and get that, that individual service. A, a personal accountant, in my book at least, would be somebody that takes in a lot more than just the numbers on the spreadsheet. That's, you know, your personal goals, aspirations, what you want to do with your wealth that you've worked so hard to develop. And because, you know, 
half the battle is is understanding what you want to do with your wealth and life. What kind of you know causes do you really care about, and how do you want to make a difference and make a true impact with your life? Am I am I headed down the right vein? Is that what an accountant really should be for? I, I think you're absolutely headed down the right path. As I say to our team members here, there's really a central question that every client has of their accountant. I think we may have discussed this before in our prior episodes. That one question between an accountant and their client or an attorney and their client or any service provider and their client actually is this. Think about this and tell me if you don't think it's true. The central question I have as a client to my professional is, do you care for me? Do you care for me? Mm -hmm. Does it matter? Does it matter if I'm happy? Does it matter if I'm healthy? Does it matter if I'm stimulated? Do you care? The clients that stay with us for years and years and years, and I've had clients for over 50 years, they know that we care about them. Mm -hmm. And we can define what caring means as a, an accounting professional. But I think you want to always ask your professionals, Ryan, do you care for me? I, I love that. I think that's such an important question, Tony. And one thing I'd like to do is almost take a, a half a step back, if you will, and give us what your thoughts are on essentially the role that an accountant plays within an individual's financial game, if you will. You know, what what is the what are the ins and outs of that role within finances specifically? What does that look like to you? I'll refer back to our discussion about trusted advisor in a prior episode. Mm -hmm. a, a great advisor and a great accountant uh, has that combination of competence and credibility, uh, reliability, and the ability to be honest and open with uh, your client, with your accountant, uh, and 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 this do you care for me has something to do with that and, and also that that combination of uh, wanting to earn their money but not wanting to earn their money over the backs of their clients and and so uh, an accountant can be attentive to many aspects of your financial life aspect number one and the most obvious and what most people hire accountants to do is help them file their tax returns filing your tax return in, in a way that you pay the least amount of tax that you can conceive you need to pay in the most protected and secure way and confident way to make sure that the federal government, the state governments don't come after you because you filed them wrong. So you want someone to do a competent job on time and in the most efficient, I won't say least cost, but the most efficient way possible. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, does that accountant look at the tax return for what it says about your life and what it says about what's going on in your financial life? And are they open to answer questions about the things that they know about having to do with finances? I, as an accountant, know a little bit about a lot of financial issues, a little bit about banking, a little bit about finance, a little bit about stocks and bonds, a little, little bit about rentals. So I know a little about a lot of things. And what I would ask for my accountant 
is not to know everything, but to understand who they can ask or who they can bring into your life to help you get information about all that broad aspect of your financial life. Um, I also get a sense of what kind of smells and doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I have an account whose son seems to be insatiable for money. There's never enough money. The son's always asking for more money and uh, not apparently working very hard, but always expecting to get money. Now, the client loves that child. Now, the child happens to be an adult, loves that child. So that account is a little blind to that child's behavior. It's an indication to me that maybe that child might have some substance abuse problems, certainly some psychological problems. Am I going to be open with my account and say, hey, I really think that you need to understand that this is not the kind of behavior that most of our clients that have children of that age uh, exhibit. And maybe you ought to inquire whether there's something wrong or whether that person needs help and helping them connect to a resource that can maybe help them mediate if there's a problem between the child and the parent. Now, it's none of my business on one level, but I can see from the financial behavior of that parent and that child that there's uh, uh, problems. And and I, I want to point out that there's problems. Sometimes it will lose me a client. I've said to a client, you know, I think you've got a problem with spending. You may need to go to a psychologist. And that client pulled their account from me immediately. Mm-hmm. But it didn't stop them spending money and overspending sure. money. And and so an account account accountant has to be kind of more responsible than just filing the taxes, at least in my, in my mind. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like that it, because yes, at the end of the day, everybody's lives come with baggage. There are different intangible factors that are going to influence the way somebody feels about money, their relationship with it. And then of course, how they spend it, how they save it, how they handle their money. So my next question for you, Tony, is, you know, you had kind of walked through a little bit in your last response was, you know, about what we should be expecting of our accountant, you know, to, to take that step further beyond just the nuts and bolts of on a spreadsheet and, and kind of insert themselves into our lives more or less. But what should the client be, or I'm sorry, rather, what should the accountant be expecting from the client? Let's flip the script here a little bit on that. What, what do you see on this front? Okay, we will flip the script. A, a, a client should cooperate with the accountant and understand what that cooperation is. Again, on other episodes, we've talked about quadrant planning. If you remember, mm-hmm. that process is getting clarity followed by creating solutions that create implementation of those solutions and then managing the result of those solutions for sustained and ever-increasing productivity and and happiness. A, a, A client needs to make sure an accountant has the information they need to do the job. And that might be supplying all the information in a timely fashion, all the documents you get from the government, from the banks, from the different investment institutions, the K-1s if you're in a partnership, making sure that accountant has everything they need to get their job done. 
Number two, you want to make sure that the accountant has an understanding of what's happening in their in in your financial life that could affect whether you pay taxes or not, or what your financial statements look like or not. This morning, I had a conversation with a client who lives up in Wyoming, and we were talking about the transactions he was intending upon doing for the last part of this year, 2021. And that was very important for me. And I made notes that I'm going to pass on to my team. So we can be looking for those transactions in case there's a bit of information missing. So that person, Sam, told me that he was going to be selling this property. Let's find out whether he did or not. So you want to tell them about what's everything that's not necessarily on paper. Third, you need to read and read the emails and, and answer that accountant's telephone calls. Believe me, they're not just calling up to talk about the weather. They are trying to get the job done for you. And they have plenty to do. You know, it's really important for everyone to understand that when I started preparing taxes, things were relatively simple. Now things are much, much more complicated. And it takes a lot more time for accountants to get the required stuff prepared for the government to be submitted on your behalf. So please pay attention to what your accountant asks for. They need it. They don't need it just for the fun of it. They need it to do a job for you. Finally, if you have a question, ask. Now, a lot of clients are busy. Clients that don't answer or, or accountants that don't answer their phone calls, you, you probably shouldn't have them. But if you're uh, if you have a question, call your accountant, ask that accountant. If you hear something, read something that you have a question about, call them and ask them about it. Accountants generally have a pretty broad knowledge, like I just like I discussed a little earlier, and and a lot of times. They may not know everything, but they can access information that maybe you can't. And so you want to go ahead and ask those questions, disturb them. It's okay to disturb your accountant. We love to be disturbed. Mm -hmm. Well, Tony, you know, it's really interesting. As I'm listening to you talk about this relationship between the client and the accountant, it really is really boiling down to this one word in communication. A lot of open, clear communication is going to nurture a positive relationship between the client and the accountant. So to, to take to take that for what it's worth and look into, okay, if communication resides at really the, the forefront of this relationship, then walk me through what you think, which capital you would say that this whole, this whole communicative, this communicative process is functioning under. What, what capital is this? As we, as we discussed, there are four capitals that we believe creates money. Right. One has to do with human capital. Mm -hmm. Second has to do with process, the way we get things done. Uh, the third has to do with our intellectual capital, what we know. And the fourth, which is what I think your relationship with your accountant or any professional is, is in this social capital realm. Uh, to you, an accountant is a vendor. They're a supplier of value that you need to help you uh, increase the effectiveness of your intellectual capital, to help you get the things done that you need in your life. They supply structure for you. 
structural capital. And, and they help you realize um, a, a feeling of confidence and safety, sometimes happiness. When we develop a big tax refund for you, you can be happy about it. So, so, but it is a social capital uh, contract. The when you, when you think about the different mem the the different elements of social capital that I've talked about in my books, you have your family members, you have your friends, you have your customers, and you have your competitors, and then that last element is your vendors those people that supply things to you. Your accountant is your employee. We are employees of you. We may not get paid on a paycheck. Uh, we maybe get paid in a, a very different way than someone who actually works with you on a day-to-day -day basis does. Mm -hmm. But we are there for you to manage. I believe uh, a good accountant will manage their relationship with their clients. But the client might also think about the fact that they need to manage the relationship with their accountant. Sure. Manage me. I work for you. I love that. And so, yes, it's, it's a social relationship, but it's also a professional relationship on the, on the other hand. So if you're looking at, at, at you know, two, two people, you know, uh, that, you know, we got the client, we've got the accountant and let's say maintaining social relationships just doesn't come naturally to the client. And they obviously need to kind of be the, the real proponent of, of maintaining that relationship with their accountant to have the successful relationship. It should be to help them achieve X, Y, and Z goals. What could that client, what could that individual do to strengthen their, you know, this social capital without necessarily becoming like manipulative or inauthentic, or, I mean, take your pick or whichever word you want to use here, but, but how, how could somebody go about strengthening this, this level of social capital? Because this is so, so important as we've obviously taken a dive into in prior episodes. When, when you think about it, a client doesn't need any more social relationship with their professionals than they want. But they shouldn't want more unless they ask for it. I'm going to say that again. This is so important. You can have a minimal amount of service from your professional, a minimal. And if that's okay with you, that's fine. But if you want more, you need to ask for it and you need to pay for it too. Understand that. Sure. So if, if, if I just want, I have a W-2 and a home mortgage and I need someone to prepare a tax return and I say to the professional, that's the tax preparer, please to prepare my tax return. I'd like to have it in time for filing my taxes. As long as they get it to you the day for filing your taxes, that's good enough. And if that's all right for you, that's fine. But if you're wanting more, you need to ask for more. So you don't have to be manipulative and it's just so nice and sweet and stuff. Ask directly what it is you want for the people that are giving you the services. I think that a lot of people miss the fact that a good accountant can give you much more than just preparing a tax return. Call them up and say, tell me what I need to know about what's coming up with the new tax reform. Are there going to be changes? Are there things I ought to do? How do I protect myself? 
when you look at my tax return, what do you see that can be done better? But I also expect to pay to have that client's knowledge. Oftentimes in my relationship with my clients, a five-minute conversation creates $500,000 of benefit. Now, I might charge a half an hour for that conversation. Don't expect not to pay for it. If you're getting something of value, pay for it. If you're not getting something of value, tell your accountant that you're not getting value. That's the very important thing about relationship that you said about it. You said it earlier, open and honest communication. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Tony, as I'm hearing you talk about this relationship and what it takes to have a, a successful relationship with your accountant, it really comes down to, yes, that open communication, but to dive even further, what creates that open communication? I keep coming back to this, this idea of authenticity. I mean, really, you, you, you have a need. Vocalize it. Share that with your accountant. And, and maybe in some cases, it's a matter of brainstorming together to figure out what that best plan of attack or solution looks like. So opening that, that line of communication and, and really just approaching any issue that you might have with them or, or any particular new topic you'd like to cover with them. It sounds like approaching it with authenticity behind the communication can, you know, it, it takes away from that idea of being manipulative or, or inauthentic, it just genuine uh, you know, in your nature, when you're having these conversations, I feel it can help foster that better relationship. Would you agree with me on that front? Sure. I, I love to be needed. I, I want to <laughs> be an important part of my client's life. Now, maybe I'm unique. I don't think I am. I think everyone out, out in my office over here uh, wants to be needed. And, and we love to be appreciated. If you like what your, your accountant is doing for you, Tell that person if you're having a I call it a check on my spirit about what that accountant's doing, share it because all accountants are people too. Uh, we may not have that big a sense of humor. We may not sing. We may not dance, but we sure like to do things that are useful for our clients. And so I, I think that authentically, I don't know any accountant that's working for me anyway, that doesn't really, really want to make an impact on our client's life. I love that that's because, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, really with that, that essence of service behind you and your team and what they do, it's going to translate within the, the communication, the relationships that you guys forge with clients. So Tony, as we kind of bring our conversation to a head here today, we've talked about you know, this idea of this relationship of what is your, who is your accountant and what are they really for? Well, let's, let's bottom line it for our audience today. Walk me through in your eyes, what a positive, you know, enriched relationship looks like with your accountant today. Good, good. And I'm going to add one more element that we haven't discussed that Please. just occurs, that occurs to me that I think is inc incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Number one, you need to tell your accountant what you expect from them and ask what your accountant expects from you. If you're not willing to have that mutual relationship, that back and forth, you're not necessarily going to have a, a healthy relationship. One thing that we didn't discuss, but I think is a very important element, is 
the control of information, control of information. Absolutely. There are some accountants that I've run across in my career that find having information is power and they, uh, uh, I'll, I'll call it, use it as a way to create political advantage in the relationships that they have either with the client or with the client and their other advisors. You're looking for an accountant that wants to work well with others, that wants to play well with others, that wants to share the information that they think uh, the other advisors might need so the other advisors can give great service. Now, a lot of times there are experience I've had that accountants hold information and then when another advisor is giving advice to that client, they say, oh, well, but you didn't know this aspect or you didn't know that or did you think of this? Well, that doesn't help the client progress in their happiness, in their feeling of security and safety. You want an accountant that's free with their information with others in your life so that all of the people that are doing the services for you, that social relationship that you have with all the professionals in your life is, is enriched by having that accountant be forthcoming and willing to help. That's yeah. was a whole new one. It wasn't it, Ryan. <laughs> it was, it was, but Hey, I, I love it because this is such an important conversation to have, you know, your accountant in many ways is your right hand man. Uh, you know, it's a very important position in your life to help you outline what your goals and aspirations look like for the future, have those conversations as to whether they are attainable, how they can become attainable. I mean, some of your most desirable things that you'd like to do and achieve with your life can be achieved with the help of an accountant, but it starts with a great relationship. And I think throughout our conversation today, Tony, we've really boiled it down to, you know, there's open lines of communication, a level of authenticity with, with, uh, with, you know, your account, but also a very clear understanding as you, as you outlined for us on what everybody's role is within this relationship. You know, what exactly the accountant should be doing for you, what you should be doing for the accountant, because it is a two way street. While yes, you know, you're paying the accountant for their services. The accountant wants to retain the business. They want to retain the relationship. So at the end of the day, you know, it is a two way street and there, there is a, a role and responsibility on both sides of the coin uh, for everybody involved in this. So Tony, thank you, you so much. Uh, Ryan, for Ryan, when you think about it, um, there's this mutuality of relationship, but re mm -hmm. you want a relationship that's easy. You sure. want your accountant to make things easy for you and straightforward mm -hmm. and comprehensible, right? Easy, easy, easy. Your accountant would like you to be easy with them as well meaning cooperating, answering phone calls, answering emails. It's got to be easy. I, I totally agree with that. And the last thing you want to do as a client paying for an accountant is you don't want to pay for problems. You know, you want this to be easy. You want it to be a, an enjoyable relationship. And, and, you know, we've really done a good job today, Tony, of kind of outlining how to, how to make this relationship enjoyable because it can be and it should be. So, Tony, thank you so much for, for taking some time out of your day to, to you know, sit down with us and walk us through this relationship. Is there anything else you'd like to chime in on this front before we say goodbye? You know, the, the only thing that occurs to me is the last thing you want to hear from your accountant is, uh-oh. <laughs> I can imagine. I Never a reassuring sound to hear. Uh, well, look, Tony, I Not appreciate true. you. Thank you so much for your time today. And, hey, I'm looking forward to the next episode already. Thanks, Ryan. 
Alrighty, and look, we want to take one final moment to say thank you to our audience for jumping aboard today's episode. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, please feel free to like, comment on the show, subscribe to the show. Of course, share this information with friends and family. At the end of the day, we're going beyond numbers for you, for our audience. We, you know, we have great conversations on this show so that you can take some of these lessons learned from Tony's wealth of experience in, in his world and really translate them into your own. You know, let's have you utilize some of these skills, some of these, uh, you know, these thoughts, these mindsets to help benefit your life in some way, shape or form. So for Mr. Tony Rose, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. And we thank you guys so much for joining us on another edition of Go Beyond Numbers. <laughs>